And you know, one thing that the Bible tells us about God as our Heavenly Father is uh, He doesn't punish us. I know that hymn talks about punish, and there's punishment for the unsaved, for the lost eventually. But you know what? The Bible says God chastens us, God corrects us. And there's, a, there's, a whole lot, there's a big difference between chastening and punishment. All right? I, heard talk, I heard a Christian one time talk about how he feared the wrath of God. And I, and I said to him, brother, you don't need to fear God's wrath. Because Christians are delivered from the wrath of God. So these are some of the things. Maybe we'll talk about these things more. But there's a lot of things, a lot of issues that trouble people. And I mean, all of us, I I have to admit, um, I I relate because I I sympathize, empathize with people that are going through troubles because we all do. Um, And I guess it was a while back. um, I was, I don't know when it was, years ago, probably still, I still think about it. Um, you know, the Lord Jesus couldn't please everybody. In fact, he didn't please very many people, right? And he was criticized. He went through things. You know, why should we be different? And I think I mentioned Paul earlier. The Apostle Paul, the great apostle, had critics all over the place, right? They accused him of all kinds of things. Plus, Paul had some, he had some issues in his own life. And he talked about them. He, laid, he kind of laid it open. He talked about, you know, within... Uh, without were fightings, within were fears. He talked about how who shall deliver me, you know, and all those kind of things. And so the things are common. You know, the Bible tells us that there's no temp- temptation but such as common to man, right? And uh, anyway, so let's go to um, 2 Timothy chapter 3. All right, I'm not going to keep you long. I want to just re- kind of give a review and, and uh, come back to where we began a little bit. For this, on the sufficiency of Scripture, we had a message um, a couple weeks prior to this one on the sufficiency of God and how he's, He is sufficient for all of our needs and everything, in fact, that we need to live um, in this world. And that sufficiency is found to a great degree in the Scriptures. And so the Lord um, has, has pacted the Scripture things for us. And, and uh, someone has said years ago that the Bible is God's love letter to his children. And so there's a lot of truth to that. And so God tells us so much in his word. But Second Timothy chapter 3 is kind of the basis for what we've been just getting started in. Starting in verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. And that means valuable or beneficial profitable for doctrine, in other words, what we believe and teach, for reproof, the Bible points out what's, what's wrong in our lives or, and what, what needs to be changed or fixed or improved, and then it's for correction, tells us how to do it, for instruction in righteousness, in other words, it teaches us how to live in a way that's pleasing God, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works, and perfect means there. Uh, fully equipped, adequate to meet all demands, and so on. Thoroughly furnished just means through and through, given everything that he needs in order to live a life of godliness and good works. All right, and so we talked a little bit about the Peter's testimony, um, mentioning he went back and uh, talked about the transfiguration. Remember that we talked about that and what they saw in the mountain and they heard the voice of God. You know, a great privilege that very few people have ever had. 
And then that same passage, he says, we have a more sure word of prophecy. So we have in this book something more certain, more established. And really, one of the reasons is that that experience was only for Peter, James, and John. Nobody else got to see that. He could relate it. He could testify of it. But God gave this for all of us, all right? We have, we have equal access um, to the Word of God, and through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, we can understand his word. And so um, we left off by the, with this statement, um, the Bible is God's word, not man's. We need the ministry of the Holy Spirit to rightly divide the word of truth. And so, um, and that's why the Bible is such an incredible book, all right? why, it's, why it's so unified. Um, did you, I don't know if you got these... I gave you about five reasons, five um, things that undergird our faith in the scriptures, all right? And um, these are just a few. There's probably others. But number one, it's unity and harmony. The fact that the Bible was written over a period of about 1,600 years by 40 different writers, and yet it fits together perfectly. None, None disagreed, none contradict the other. So unity, the harmony of the scripture... Secondly, it's historical and scientific accuracy. In fact, I mentioned that there's so the, 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 especially the Old Testament record of nations and peoples and all that and events has been so established that no, no one really seriously even, even questions or criticizes the history of the Bible. Scientific accuracy, it speaks of things. In fact, I have a paper. I've used it here probably in Sunday school or prayer meeting. Um, and I simply call it uh, uh, scientific truths taught in the Bible. Um, and there's all kinds of those. Thirdly, it's fulfilled prophecy. Um, the fact that there's hundreds of prophecies in the Bible f- have been fulfilled just undergirds our trust in it. Number four, it's record of the life of Jesus Christ. It's simply all it tells us about him. Um, in fact, some Bibles, I don't, and I'm sure this one, I haven't even looked all the way through this one, my brand new preaching Bible, um, some Bibles have what they call a harmony of the Gospels. Have you ever seen one of those? They take the events of Christ's life and they list them and then they give every the Scripture references. And some are found in all four Gospels and some in three, some in two, some in only one. But that gives that, that's a chart of every all the events, the timeline and miracles, teachings of Jesus. It's a really neat thing. But the record of, of the life of Christ is such a marvelous thing and then number five, it's timeless, life-changing message. And so one, of the, one of the great things about the Word of God is its power to change lives. You know, people that believe this book, it has a tremendous impact on their lives. It just makes everything different. All right, so let's take a look tonight. We're just kind of still laying the groundwork in a, for how the Lord is going to lead us, I trust. And so... Um, just a sample of some scriptures. I call it, we'll call it that, a sampling of scriptures, um, just talking about the Word of God and its effect and things about the Bible. And so we're going to look at a few verses in Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Um, if you haven't done it recently, I'd encourage you to read Psalm 119. It's uh, lengthy, obviously. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. 176 verses. Psalm 119, it's, it's divided, and I don't know how, if when the last time 
we've talked about this, or I mentioned it, but in most Bibles, and you can let me know if, yours, if your Bible does or doesn't, but for example, if you take a look at Psalm 119, right underneath Psalm 119, the title, or the, there is a word, there's a little symbol, and then a, a, the word Aleph, all right? Do you see that? Everybody have that in their Bibles? All right, that is the first Hebrew letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Every verse in the, of the first eight verses in Hebrew, every verse begins with that, with that letter. Before verse 9, you see a squiggly thing and, and the word Beth. That is the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Every verse from 9 through 16 starts with the letter Beth in Hebrew. Now, that's, and that's just a mate. God did that, and so it goes all the way through. Uh, Psalm 119 has 176 verses, 22 stanzas. There's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. Each stanza, each verse begins with that particular letter. And so that just, just shows you the, 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 you know, the order, the structure, God's poetic nature, his love for unity and harmony and order and everything like that. So anyway, um, in Psalm 119, and by the way, you probably know this, but Psalm 119 is all about the written word of God. It's all about the Bible. Um, some of the verses talk about the source of the Bible, the benefits of the Bible, and so on and so forth. And so let's just look at a few verses here. I've got, I think, like about five or six written down for us to look at. So right in, the, in, in verse 9, all right, verse 9, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to to thy word. Now that goes along with 2 Timothy when it talks about reproof and, re- and correction. But wherewithal, and, and I, this word, you know, is used more often than we might realize. People talk about, I'm, I'm looking for the wherewithal to do this or that. And I still hear people talk about that. So, what he, so the idea of this verse is, is how, where can a man find, where can a young man find the ammunition or the equipment or the help to cleanse his way where can he find it and the answer by taking heed thereto according to thy word the word of god will meet can will meet can meet the need can cleanse lives can change lives and and deal with sins and 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 shortcomings and all those kinds of things Uh, obviously in this life we'll never be perfectly clean we'll never be perfectly fixed if you will, uh, until we get to glory. But the word of God uh, affects us in that way. Verse 11, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. So we need to store the word of God. That's the idea, to store it, to store it up in our hearts. So we have to to know it and commit it to memory and and just remember um, the word of God and I encourage people, and, and sometimes people will come to me and they'll have a certain, certain issue that they're trying to deal with in their life or they're trying to accomplish. They know the Lord wants them to maybe be better at something, whether it's be in prayer or whatever. And I always encourage them, um, and I'll give them, I'll help them if they ask. I always encourage them, find verses in the Bible that deal with that particular issue. And commit them to memory. Store them in your heart. So that way they're constantly on our mind. And it will, it will arm us 
against thing against things in our life uh, that that need to be dealt with. All right, let's skip over to verse twenty four. Thy testimonies. That's another word for the word of God, and testimonies are the idea of what God says about things. All right. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. So where do we go when we need counsel on things or advice or you know help? What should I do? We go to the scripture and let the word of God teach us. And of course we have to accept it as the truth. All right? We're going to skip way over many, many verses, but let's go to verse 89. Okay. Why is the scripture? I mentioned one of the things, the unity and harmony. Why is the Bible so in such harmony? Why does it all fit together? Um, why is it so organized? And, and why is it that a book that is the whole, the whole Bible is over to, is 2,000 years old? Uh, that's the New Testament. The Old Testament is about 4,000 years old. All right, why is it that it's still here? Um, most books, they're gone. You know, most books go. They, I was, I mean, I think I read from the days of praise when he first did this that uh, most books don't even survive their first printing. Once in a while, you'll see a you know second, third, fourth, whatever. Why is the word of God so different? Why is it still relevant today? Like, you know, so much has changed, and so many books are out of date and obsolete. Well, how come the Bible isn't? All right, the answer is in verse eighty-nine. Forever, O Lord, Thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is settled in heaven. And the idea of that word um, settled is that it stands. It stands firm. It means to, the word there means to, to be established, um, uh, to stand before, to, to be set up. But notice it's settled in heaven. See, that's where it came from. That's where God, and God has it. You could, in, in one sense, God has it stored there. But the idea is that for eternity, God's word is established. And so we could, we could rightly say that before God created anything, he already had his word. It was fixed in his mind. And then he breathed it out. Second Timothy, inspiration of God. He breathed it out and into the hearts and the minds of the writers of scripture so that it is timeless. Its message is timeless. It's, that's, that's incredible. It really is. Just to think about that. All right, two more in Psalm 119. Verse 105. I think everybody knows our, that our, the pledge to the Bible is taken from the Bible, right? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's interesting. Torches. Back in the day when this was written, there were no electric lights. Um, we just installed them. I don't know why we didn't do this years and years ago. But we just established, yeah, we just installed on each end of our house, well, by the port, by the one door, by the end, lights. And they're the kind of lights that you, they have like a um, solar, little solar panel. You fasten it on the roof, and then you put the light in the lights that has a battery. So if you don't store up enough power from the sun, the battery kicks in. 
And it's motion light. So anybody you get close to there, the light comes on. Lights the, all right? So it, it lights. So we got one at this end and we got one at that end. Obviously the one at this end comes on first. And so when the Bible says, that's kind of a lamp to our feet because the first light comes on. Oh, okay, I see the sidewalk. We can start there. Then the other one comes on, which lights our path. And so that's the idea of that scripture. Thy word, it, it, it helps us, it guides us each step, but it also in, illuminates the path that God has before us. And so thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And when we pledge to the Bible, we are pledging that we're going to take the Bible and let it be what it is. We're going to make it that. See, because the Bible isn't a lamp to our feet and a light into our path until we let it be, until we seek it, search it, all right? Wonderful. I love those. Those wonderful, wonderful, so many great statements in Psalm 119. In fact, there's a lot of, there's, there's, there's references to this psalm in several hymns of ours, okay? Um, all right, one other one here. One Psalm 119, 128. We, and we'd have to be convinced of this we, we have to stand upon this particular precept of the bible therefore psalm 100 psalm 119 128 therefore i esteem another i consider or i value all thy precepts principles concerning all things to be right <clears throat> and i hate every false way all right so there's something that is we really need to encourage that, and we need to teach that, obviously, to new, to new believers and, and young people, people that we're trying to help them in their lives. One of the things that has to be settled in our hearts and minds is that the, everything the Bible says is right. We say, well, sure, that's, well, that's not so accepted in our society today, all right? So we need to just kind of reinstill that. In people's lives, but that's a that's a great great verse. All right. Um, then I just have a couple in the in the New Testament, and we'll be done. But First Thessalonians chapter two and verse thirteen. First Thessalonians chapter two and verse thirteen. And Paul is going to speak about one of the greatest blessings. That a servant of God can have, a Sunday school teacher, um, a pastor, a missionary, an evangelist, uh, any, even anybody, anybody, whoever tries to um, witness to somebody or encourage somebody, um, this is a, this, Paul speaks of one, of one of the greatest joys that we can ever have. And that's 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. He says, for this cause also, thank we God. In other words, so Paul says, without ceasing, we're, he said, we're just so thankful, we, we just can't be quiet, we just can't stop thanking God. Why? Because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Now, effectually worketh means to be at work, to produce, to put forth power. So Paul was saying here, he's so thankful because the Thessalonians, or Thessalonians when, they, when they heard the word of God, they didn't say, okay, Paul, if you say so, or, you know, 
Pastor, if you say so, I'll do it. No, 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 it's not if we say so. It's that, oh, this is the word of God. This is, this is from him. And so, therefore, we accept the teaching because it's the word of God. And so because they received it as the word of God, it had an impact on their lives. And, and uh, the church at Thessalonica is, is really, um, if you want to use a word, it, it is a model church. It's an example of really, of, of a church in the first century that really took the word of God to heart and it really produced. And, and the Apostle Paul was only there about a month and he accomplished all they did. And if you read the, the First Thessalonians, all the things he taught them, it's amazing all that they got in that short time. But so why? And it was because of their attitude toward the word. Um, there's also... Then after the, kind of the order of things, Paul got, you know, he got expelled from Thessalonica. And then he went to Berea. And he said, they were more noble than those of Thessalonica. In that, they, they searched the script, they received the word, they searched the scriptures daily. Whether those things were true. Therefore, many believe. See? So that's what happens when God's word is received. All right, one more. And that's in the book of Hebrews. And here's one of the keys. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2. All right. Hebrews chapter 4 obviously follows after chapter 3. Chapter 3 ends with Paul talking about those who did not enter in. They didn't in, enter into the promised land because of unbelief. In other words, they had the same message from Moses and from God, but they did not believe it. And so, verse 2, for unto us, chapter 4, verse 2, was the gospel preached as well as unto them. So, us is believers, them is unbelievers, okay? But the word preached did not profit them. Now, wait a minute, how come? Because 2 Timothy says the, the word of Scripture is profitable. And here it says it didn't profit them. Why? Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. And, you know, we, and we can do, we can give evidences. And I gave you like five reasons that our faith is, is in the word of God. But you know what? It takes. It has to be received by faith. No matter no matter what we give, as far as evidence and proof and all that, there has to be faith. And so, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. All right. And we 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 know that we understand that we've we've had we've had faith. We put faith not only in Christ but in His Word, right, to guide us. So there must be faith in the Word of God for it to do its perfect work. In our lives. Now, I find it really interesting and significant that Romans 10 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So faith is a result of hearing the word of God, but then faith increases the profitability of God's word in our life. And so it's interesting that the word opens up our faith, it's the key to faith. And yet then faith is the key to the word prospering and helping us in our life. So um, they go together. So God's word, the scriptures. 
is sufficient for all we need as Christians to live in this world as God intended. And also, don't forget, to pre- it's to prepare us for the world to come. I'm not sure the first person I heard this from, I think, was Brother Ron Colton 30 years ago or more. B-I-B-L-E, basic information before leaving earth. <laughs> so anyway, that's a good way to remember what the scripture does. So the scripture benefits us now and also afterwards, all right? It prepares us for the world to come. So we'll see what the Lord, and pray what, as we continue looking at these things in the scripture and to see how God leads us and bring your questions, um, issues and things like that. Um, and, if, and you can use it, obviously, in your own life. You can use it in another person's life. And I'm not going to say, why did you bring that question? Are you having a problem? No, I'm not going to do that, you know, unless you say you are. But anyway, <laughs> so, but the Lord will bless it. And I think it'll be a great time and a helpful time. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the time that we could be here tonight. And Lord God, I pray that uh, you would help folks to uh, want to know what the Word of God has to say. And thank you that we have the opportunity now through sermon audio to just to broadcast these messages throughout this country and literally around the world. And perhaps there'll be a big help. And I know that the folks right around here are listening. Um, I'm thankful for that. And, and so, Lord, I just ask you to continue to lead us, guide us, watch over us, help us. We thank thee so much for thy wonderful word. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, 261. We will sing closing hymn tonight 261 trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey alright let's just sing the first verse we'll go ahead and stand and um, verse number one let's sing verse number five and the the hymn kind of reaches its climax towards verse number five but as we trust, as we obey, as we take in more of the word of God, we increase our fellowship with the Lord, and we become just a, a we have this relationship and fellowship with him where we do his bidding and we, it just makes a big impact on our life. So verse one, verse five, of trust and obey. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word,
ones come out tonight. And Lord, please watch over these ones, dear ones, as they go to their homes tonight. Please clear the way, give safety, and just help us, Lord, to walk with thee as we have even sung this night. And that we might be a blessing, be an encouragement, be an influence.